All right, as we preview a uh, a fun weekend on paper in Minnesota sports, and we have a coach that was fired today. We got we got all sorts of things going on. Pat, tell us before we dive in here about your friends, the uh, the Valley Auto Group. Uh, Valley Auto Group, uh, Jim Paul, Brett Paul, uh, the whole crew out there, Apple Valley and Hastings, Buick, GMC. I have bought at least my last five uh, new cars from uh, Jim Paul's Valley Group and uh, also sent friends, bought a truck for a relative out there, uh, bought my used car that I took to Florida, that uh, wonderful uh, Toyota convertible that I had down in Florida that I uh, had for years. And uh, they it's just real easy to make a deal with those fellas. They're not going to try to, uh, you know, do any, uh, you know, they don't, they don't give you the old soft shoe, as they say, they give you a good <laughs> price and they give you great service and uh, great automobiles. And uh, as I've been saying, I'm going to have to get a new, uh, new car too, because uh, I'm driving the convertible now that I got out there, the 2019 convertible. But my granddaughter has told me that she is taking over the convertible. Oh, wow. yeah, you can't fight that. Yeah. So then I'm going to have to, then I'll go make another a uh, nice deal with Brett and Jim Paul out at Valley Group GMC Dealers. Uh, go out there. Yeah, you can get it done in a day, in an hour with these fellas because uh, these people out there, because you you know you're going to get a good deal and a good car and good service, and you can call up and say, okay, I'm having this little problem, and they'll get it fixed almost immediately. So Jim Paul and Brett Paul, Valley Group, GMC dealers. There's a, there's one in Apple Valley right out at the end of Cedar Road there, Cedar Avenue there where I go. There's also one in Hastings. So check All these right. guys out. They're uh, they're straight shooters. All right. Hey, uh, Viking. Let's let's go Vikings Chiefs here first. So do do you have any sort of vibe yeah, of optimism surrounding this game, Pat? Yeah, I think they'll show up and play their best game of the year, don't you? It's a, it's a sunny night game. Let's, you know, I, I heard somebody breaking down the Chiefs uh, yesterday uh, in the local market. And nobody mentioned the fact that, except for Kelsey, he's got the worst collection of receivers in the NFL. He, yeah. he, he, you got three. His best receiver would be the fourth or fifth receiver that this guy's, that Kirk Cousins is throwing to you. Give give Patrick Mahomes, Jefferson, and the new kid, and even K and even Osborne, and you know they'd be they'd make you that trade in throw out Jefferson. They'd still make you the trade. He's got. We saw him on opening night when they got beat. He had the biggest collection of clowns out there running around, <laughs> and then he then his big receiver is the guy from Green Bay. Uh, who only drops about half of them, right? He's, uh, you know, he was, he drove Aaron Rodgers crazy. This guy has got the ability to have driven two of the greatest quarterbacks of all time. Nuts. Uh, Aaron Rodgers <laughs> and uh, and uh, now uh, Patrick Mahomes, who is probably the greatest quarterback of all time. Is he the greatest quarterback of all time? In a, fi- in a, fi- in a six a years, it's the best six Japanese. years it's the best six yeah. years with quarterback play we've ever yeah. seen, right? Yeah. Now they're playing more games, you know, 17 games instead of 14 like they used to play and then 16. But uh yeah, I think he's uh I think he's the best ever. And you know what they did? 
They didn't play him the first year. They didn't have yeah. Bryce Young out there looking like a jackass. <laughs> they let him. They let him let somebody else play the first year, and uh, that that helped him a lot. And he's got the. I think he's got probably the greatest uh, quarterback guru of all time, and Andy Reid, at least the great play caller, and a, a fantastic relationship between uh, him and uh, Mahomes. I mean, he gives. He gives Mahomes all the freedom, and, and I think it's like Andy has two plays for him every week that gets everybody fired up. Oh, okay, that one, you know, something that something that the high school coaches used to draw in the dirt or something. But yeah, it'll be a good game. You just, I don't think Flores, and I've said this, I don't think you can go at him with um, eight guys like you tried to do with, uh, you know, with, with you successfully did with Bryce Young last week because uh, he'll just step away from him and make some plays. You can blitz him some, mm -hmm. but you can't blitz him like you did last week. But I think it'll be a uh, – I think the Vikings will score in the high 20s. Is that going to be enough? That could be enough. I, I don't think they'll beat them. I think they'll probably play their best game of the year. If they win, they're, making, they're probably not making, winning like twenty-one to seventeen. You know, they'd have, they're going to have no, to win no. a shootout, right? No, yeah, they are, and uh, they're going to make. Uh, looks like they're going to change both guards. Huh? They're going to uh, this week. Uh, the Cleveland too is that uh, they were. Are they going to move? Are they going to move Cleveland to to right and Reisner? No, it sounded like what's the other guy? Brandell, Brandell, the guy they had last oh, year. Oh, Brand. No, no, I think uh, Blake Brandell. He was throwing his nickname in when talking about Reisner. Um, okay. A couple of days ago, I think that was coach speak for. I'm, I'm going to avoid talking about one player. Cleveland though uh, was uh, was it was he a little banged up this week or something because they apparently they had those two guys with the first team for a, a practice at least I don't know what was going on but uh, yeah they're gonna yeah, they're gonna change for sure they're gonna change Reisner although did I see some quotes that uh, they felt they felt Ed Ingram actually had a very good game last week a pretty he good wasn't game terrible yeah he's been week, pretty so. good as a run blocker too he's, yeah he's been better. Yeah. Yeah. Bradbury will be so, back this week, too, most likely. He was a full participant, so sounds like he'll be back under center for mm -hmm. the Bikes, too. Yeah, well, well, it'll be a fun, it'll be a fun night. Uh, uh, the uh, Twins are opening up Target Field to let the fans in, which uh, I think is a... Uh, I don't think it's a perfectly timed day to uh, do that on Sunday. Certainly Saturday it will be interesting to see if anybody shows up. But you're also going against the Gophers of Michigan. And then this is a bad weekend to say, you know, our team is so damn popular that we got to have the target center open, uh, target field open to have people looking at it on the big screen. I think most people are going to stay home and watch the Twins and then watch a football game afterwards. And maybe if it's the eighth inning and the football game starting, they'll check back in with you and go to the football game. So uh, that, that it, it's still in, still deep in their heart. They're more concerned about the Vikings, and there will be a lot of people fired up about going yeah. to Michigan. But if you're the Twins and you can get 3,000, 5,000 people in buying some – I'm assuming that we're going to have some concessions, concessions open or we can buy open. a couple beers. I think if you're going to invite the people in, you should say, and we're going to have night since we haven't won a playoff series since 2002, and we just did, we're going to have 2002 concession prices. Yes. Why don't they do that? If they do that, then maybe they'll get some people there. In other words, we're going to charge you seven bucks for a beer, and we're going to have some vendors walking through the, the stands 
instead yes. of uh, $14 for a beer. Let me be your marketer. We can get some people there. Love but this. Ni- yeah. 1991 but, beer, Patrick. Those yeah. prices at the Metrodome. Uh, real deal we, there. We can't, we, can't, uh, we can't go that far, but we can go back to 2002. Of course, if you only had the 2002 food options, you'd be a little oh, reduced, too. So. Is, uh, anyway, is, is, yeah, Wally, is, is Wally the beer man still alive? I think Wally's still alive, but I did. Let's have let's have Wally the beer man go. I mean, where did he go? Didn't he didn't he like give a beer to a youngster one time? He made a bunch of he'd be at Saints games and he made a bunch of promotional appearances. But Mm -hmm. Wally's not a young man anymore, so I don't know if he. You know what though. You know what? That poor guy, he's going through his dance for how many years? And some yeah. kid, some youngsters schnooker him, and all of a sudden, he's persona non grata at Target Field. Never. That was one of the funniest stories ever when they got, when, when he got, what, they got suspended for two weeks because he sold to an under, they had some jackass cop in there trying to find out, you know, undercover <laughs> guy trying to find out if they could buy a beer from the vendor underage. And Wally says, he has never knowingly sold, and every only only when he saw the idea, I must add fifty people emailed me. He said, "Yeah, I was sixteen. I bought my first beer from Wally." Uh, <laughs> poor Wally. And you know, vendors kids—they're busy. They can't be expected to check IDs and stuff. But no, that is—I really think that is. Uh, I wonder, are we one of the few clubs that? doesn't use vendors anymore or is that become the does that no, become the norm they COVID don't kind of wipe they, yep they don't go up and down steps anymore that hasn't happened in in 2021 at all yeah i know in a twins game i, I just know. wondered if it's that way nationally I was at a, I was at the Twins Reds game at the Great American Ballpark they did not that was like a month ago they did not have they, so that's they just didn't one. have vendors either no no that's but think I about agree. think about now like you know, 20, 30, 40 years ago, we didn't think anything of it. But now it's kind of weird that if you're Wally right. the Beer Man, you come down and there's someone 10 seats in the middle that says, I want a beer, right? Yes. And you then and then you pass your cash <laughs> down. Was it weird? And it was then they pass the beer down. It's like you and can be... You could be vouching for a 12-year-old, you know? Yeah, just and pass they, it down. And to pour them. Yeah, it was a great tradition, though. Well, it, was, it was... You know what it did? It brought us together. It was a... Yes. It was a you know, we were, you know, black, white, uh, Asian. We were all together passing the beer. All back touching the same cup. Yeah. Do you guys recall, though, in the Metrodome days, it was that disgusting. It was those disgusting little cups with cellophane on top of the beer. Oh, yeah. Like, like we have oh, come yeah. so far. Like in the 70s, it was bottles of beer poured into yeah. cups, which was awesome. Yes. The Metrodome yes. was literally a tray full of warm beers. Yes. <laughs> With cellophane yeah, uh, on the top of them. The, yeah, the uh, yeah, that was it. And humping those steps at the Metrodome was a pain. <laughs> if you were upstairs humping those steps at the yes. Metrodome, man, you were in trouble. With they the were, beer too, the like think about how heavy the beer. If you if you if you're yeah. the popcorn guy, it's not that heavy, right? No, but if you're the no. beer guy, that big metal hot the, dog. The beer guys too. made the money because a, if you're selling mom and dad and that kid a coke and a popcorn they're going to give you a quarter if you go if it goes down the beer and the, the beer's uh you know 17 bucks or two beers or three beers or whatever it is they're going to say give you 20 and keep yeah, the keep cage it. right yeah. you know yeah. i mean here the tipping was a uh, tipping was a lot better but yeah it's uh you know what 
how many people do we have? How many recorded instances of of people dying because of germs they picked up at a ball game? Who the hell, you know? I think it also it probably made our systems more immune to uh, you know it barely made our systems more immune to germs yes, too it did yeah. i feel like too if you're one of those yes. vendors i'm just putting my uh my entrepreneur hat on here it'd be pretty easy to skim money right so yeah, <laughs> oh, yeah, yeah right. i sold a bunch of beers here's a pile of cash yeah, i yeah, keep 10 percent. Right. no one knows you know especially back in the day when jimmy robertson was running the opera ah, keep it that looks good yeah, yeah, right. Yeah, but you, him and Smokey T. Wall probably let you had pretty good, uh, you know, that, that crew of concession people that they had back in the old ballpark was incredible. Yeah, but by they the had way, like, they had five products too, so they didn't have to keep track of a lot of stuff. You know? Right. I did do a Google search for Wally the Beer Man here, and the last, the last big thing that pops up is from. It's from uh, February 3rd, 2020, so before the pandemic. Okay. Wally the Beer Man hosts a pre-Super Bowl party, and it's a picture of it's a picture of Wally wearing a Wally the Beer Man hat, eating a dome dog, and holding a beer and Cracker Jacks at some like Super Bowl party. <laughs> really good, yes. yeah. Well, Wally made a lot of appearances like that after he, uh, you know, after they. Uns- I don't think he. Did he ever come back from his suspension? I, no, I don't no. Know. He, he was at Sneaky Pete's for it. a long time. Yeah, he was, he was the, like the main attraction at a Sneaky Pete's if he wanted to go. Okay, get, had a lot more right. fun than the ballpark. Yeah. Yes, yes. Well, anyway, yeah, we missed the we missed the vendors. That's for damn sure. Yeah. So, so all right. Well, what, uh, what's going to happen? Are they going <laughs> to they going to beat the Astros? Boy, you know, uh, one thing I didn't realize is Michael Brantley's back. Uh, you know, he played some at the end of the season. He's a and he's going to hit about seventh for him. Uh, that, that lineup is, I mean, McCormick's ended up having a, you kind of saw him as an out uh, earlier this year, and he's having a pretty good year. And uh, it's a pretty good lineup right now if they're healthy. So it's going to be, it's not going to be, uh, you know, you're not going to have uh, Biggio, Biggio hitting fourth. That's in the lineup like they had uh, here. It's, it's, a, it's a pretty good lineup. But, I, I mean, Verlander's starting Saturday. He don't scare you as like he used to, you know, even last year. Uh, Alvarez, you hope you get the bad Alvarez instead of the good one because if he's throwing strikes, you're in trouble. But the other night I watched him and he was all over the place and throwing, you know, 25 pitches in any. So it, it, it depends, but they're not unbeatable. I, I think, he, he, as you said, though, you, you just said that the Vikings aren't going to beat any beat this team 21 to 17 they are going to beat this team uh uh two to nothing and three to one <laughs> you're yeah. gonna uh, you're gonna have to get five runs a game to beat them and i i don't know if they can or not uh the bullpen is they got a couple of hard throwers in front of presley but i i i'd take the bite twin the twins bullpen over over their bullpen but uh uh yeah they're they're what uh 160 to win 100 Houston is an eight to five favorites. They I got a so, chance. No. They got a chance if they uh, they keep making plays in the field like they did. Uh, we got to get Rice out of his Rice out of his slump though. He hasn't had a hit since Tuesday. Come on, let's go here. <laughs> but uh, I, I know it'll be fun. It'll be good. I, I I don't think. What time are we kick it off uh, Saturday? Three something again? Yeah, three forty-five like on Saturday. Yeah. yeah. Okay. Yep. And by the way, you can hear the game on fifteen hundred ESPN Wait, radio. Oh. Yeah. Okay. Who's calling ESPN? for? 
ESPN. Uh, I'll so, get that yeah. for you, Judd. I'll get that. Okay. For you. I, I mm-hmm. just like to know who's calling the game. I mean, that, that's that's yeah. really. I'm not sure why you had to ask that specific of a question after I just promoted the game, but that's fine. Very very curious. Yeah. Yeah, it's uh, they uh, they have asked me to go to uh, Target Field and talk to a few of the fans, and then maybe uh, wander over to a bar or something, and then write some kind of a reaction thing. So, poor old man has to go humping around downtown, but that's uh, that's okay. You know, it'll be uh, it'll be it, festive. It, yes, and uh, hey, I just looked outside. Our par our poor Friday night. High school football players, are they going to get wet again? It's raining again? What the yeah, hell? Yeah, it's raining and chilly. Week was, football uh, weather. What do you mean? Last week was an interesting Friday. Half these games ended up getting stopped at halftime at lightning, lightning and stuff. And I saw Creighton and Hastings finish at midnight. Uh, they had a, a two-hour delay and a bunch of them. Uh, so, uh, I don't know. We had that great drought. Now, now uh, what the, what's going on? We're getting too much rain. Yeah, Fall. I like drought. I like drought. Change of seasons, Patrick. Yeah. Hey, uh, but before you go, Dick Butkus died. Okay, so like, yes. first of all, we are lo- we are losing some of the greats in sports at a rapid rate now. But um, what what do you recall about watching Butkus, who was I think <laughs> a first round pick in '65 by the Bears? Well, uh, well you got him and Sayers back to back, right? And, yeah, uh, one, draft. one year and the other in the draft that was pretty amazing. He was. He was a monster. He was a Chicago boy too, right? And he, I yep. think he grew up in Chicago South and went to Illinois. And uh, he, he, I mean, look at him. It's Chicago. It's, I mean, you you look at him, and that's that's that Chicago right there. It's uh, their their love for that guy. I mean, he's he could have been in the George Wentz skit on uh, on uh, Saturday Night Live, and uh, you know, with the in there talking with the, the boys that's, that's Chicago. I mean, the South side of Chicago, Rick Del basics bar. We had to stick your head in the window to get in the place. They wanted to make sure you were out in the South side of Chicago and they, they had, had to sit. They're going to let you in or not. And that, you know, that was it. He was, he was from, he was the South side of Chicago, but he was, you know, in, in that style of football back then when the middle linebacker just had the, few yards to cover in the middle and stop. I mean, he was a monster. He was, he was fantastic. There's no doubt about it. And uh, he, he, you know, if you, if you want a picture of the Chicago bears of at least my youth and a lot of people's, it, it's just take a picture of Dick Butkus. That's uh, that's, that, that's it. He's uh, you know, they want to, they want a championship with Billy Wade as a quarterback. Billy Wade does, uh, you know, Tanner Morgan just got signed by the Vikings to take some snaps or something. Tanner Morgan would have looked like uh, the world looked like Mahomes in comparison to Billy Wade, but he won a national, he won a NFL title with that team by handing off, you know, and just smacking the hell out of people and holding them down. And uh, yeah, he was, uh, he was, he was Chicago. That's for sure. A great player too. Yeah, he was also. I feel like like when NFL films really started picking up steam, he was yes. one of the he was one of the original like figurehead players of NFL well, films, right? The, kind of the originator of that whole thing, the NFL films and everything, was the world of Sam Huff, which was a you know who was 
the New York Giants version of Butkus. Yeah. You know, the, the same guy. They could have it could have been the world of Dick Butkus, and uh, it, it it would have been the same thing. But those were the linebackers of that day, Bill George and uh, and him, and uh, you know the just the guy in the middle that uh, just you know for the Vikings it was Lonnie Warwick at the originally, and then Studwell, and uh, but be Jeff Seaman, and Seaman was kind of a Seaman was actually an athlete <laughs> instead of just some brawler growler who knocked the hell out of you. But uh, it's uh, it's the it, he is the NFL of old, and uh, I don't. I've been in a group when he was doing interviews. I never did a one-on-one with him, so but he seemed to be. He, he became a a, he became a comedic actor after his career was over. He was on like sitcoms and Saturday morning shows, yeah. and he became this kind of soft figure on TV in the, in the nineties. Well, one of the great uh, interviews I ever did, and I've told you guys about it was when I stopped to see the old man, uh, the George had been, Dallas. had been moved out. You know, he wasn't running the team anymore. He was owner, owned it, but he wasn't running the team. And he still kept his little ticket office downtown on state street upstairs. You walked up these steps and he had his ticket guy in there and he had like 200 customers from the old days would come every week and get their tickets from George for the game. And that was, you know, they, they kept that office open and he was this grumpy, ornery old guy. And the day I was with him, he was the greatest guy in the world. I was in there for three hours. He was padding around, bringing out, bringing out, uh, you know, albums and books and old photos and uh, talk to it. I, I was, I'd flown in from Anaheim on a red eye and I was damn near falling asleep talking to him. And I flew home that night and tried to write it Saturday morning, but uh, God, it was, a, you know, I thought I'd be in and out doing an hour. I was in there for three hours. He was great. But yeah. telling stories about all those guys, you know? Yeah. And you know that, the- as, a, as a kid, uh, before the NFL got to, had their national TV packages, they had regional TV packages, and we Sioux Falls, South Dakota, got Bears games. So we up here in the Twin Cities, they were watching the Packers, but we got the Bears games every week with the boring Red Grange doing the play-by-play, and his boring George Connor as his as his color man and the boring bears. <laughs> and it was just, it was the most black and white football team of all it's black and white and Papa bear with his glasses snarling on the sidelines and that just came along there during that era too. So, well, what's, am- what's yeah. amazing is, as you mentioned, uh, the championship they won in 63 with, with Wade as their quarterback. So Dick Buckus came around, a year or two after that, and the, I didn't yeah. know this until I looked it up. Dick Buckus never played in a playoff game. Really? Never played wow. in a playoff game. Yeah. Well, how many years? He must have played 15, didn't he? He played it. Well, so he, he retired when he was like 30, 31. So he played, oh, really? he played like, he played from 65 through 73 or 74. Okay. Oh, so he played, awesome. he played a decade and that was it. Huh. And they, and they, they only had two seasons where they finished above 500, but they never, they never won the division. Never, never made the playoffs with one of the greatest defensive players of all time. Yeah, yeah, that, that is. I did not realize that he had never played in a playoff game. But uh, how about the Bears last night? By the way, they're back. Uh, they killed them. 
Ron they, Rivera's uh, done. I know. Justin Fields and Fields look good. I, I didn't that's, watch that's a lot two of weeks. It. That's two weeks where the Bears, if you take away, you know, like the three touchdown blown lead against the Broncos, yeah. but they're actually coming to life a little bit here, just in time don't, for the Vikings in there. I was going to say, don't lose tonight. By don't lose this weekend, Vikings, because those Bears will be snarling. They'll be, they're going to they're going to come back home and they're going to certainly have some ceremony honoring Ditkus, Butkus. I mean, and uh, maybe Ditka will show up for it, and uh, they'll uh, they're they're going to be uh, they. You know, they looked pretty good last night. So I in the bits and pieces I watched and the highlights I watched. So and Fields. What happens if Fields turns out to be good and they still got it if they've still got one of the top two, three draft choices, are they gonna they're gonna have to they'll probably trade him, huh? Trade I think they'll not, probably if, if they have a shot at Caleb Williams, I think yeah, they, they'll take him. I think they'll take him. Yeah. Move Fields then. Yeah, they'll still take him. Well, yeah, I'll just have to sit home and try to think of my greatest uh, greatest interviews with uh, Adrian Heath here. I think I was uh, he, I, I went to a couple, three of his post game things a couple of years ago. I had no idea what the hell he was talking about. It was just uh, you know just this whole thing about you know we didn't do this and we didn't do that and uh, this and it, it, it's it's gibberish soccer yeah. maybe maybe that was the problem maybe the players are like well, can't, i don't know what he's saying i have no idea we by the way he's wouldn't. a friend of the show a friend of the show we and like, he would we rip like his him. players which i absolutely love like that's yeah. the thing is i love it when a, when when the coach rips his players yeah and they uh they decided to lay down on him and get him fired so uh yeah, yeah but it's uh it, it it's a different language and uh and uh you know i mean man he was he was uh who, who do they bring in he, he basically was making most of the personnel decisions too right i mean he was telling yes. them who to get and everything yeah so tough, uh tough one. I, I, who makes that decision must go it must go all the way to bill mcguire huh yeah and it's and, and to do it with two games left in the season in which you can still make the playoffs was very very eyebrow yeah. raising very interesting. Yes, desperate, uh, desperate to win. What do they want? Home one or away one? Is that it? Or yeah, uh, yes, I believe that's the case. Yeah. Well, you know what? I, uh, Judd and I were talking last week. I was telling, was anybody mad about this team playing like they are? I guess the management was. Yeah, they were. <laughs> I guess yeah. The owner was. Yeah. You, so, you know what this is, Pat? This is a very Louis move. Where, where the playoffs were around the corner, and and he tried to spark the club by he fire, I think he fired Henning with like three games left in the season. He made himself the coach. Yes, yeah. Fire yourself in a soccer season with two games to go is isn't quite as crazy as firing yourself in the hockey. I mean, firing a guy in the hockey season. I think it was two. I think it was only two games left. Maybe it was Five three. Days. But he was trying to. He was trying to. Uh, Phil. He was trying to squeeze in. The 16 teams out of 21 playoff scenario. Because <laughs> if you can just get in, hockey's random. Yeah, so yeah, and that's, right. Yeah. 16 out of 21 we were putting in the playoffs back then. Amazing. You know, Pat, we, we got we got to get going to our uh, Purple Daily live stream here. Right. But enjoy it's your so Minnesota great. sports weekend, and we'll see you on Monday. One of the great, uh, one of the great weekends ever right here in uh, Minnesota yep. sports. Yeah. Yep. Yep. All right, there it is. Roycey Unchained here on uh, Score North, the Score North YouTube channel. See you guys.